We got a foosball table. You got a foosball table? Mm. For kids, you know. Wow. I am just good enough that I can still beat the crap out of them. <laughs> and <laughs> I got a little guy that I named Pele. Yeah. And he keeps scoring. And every time he scores, mm-hmm. I tap him on the head and I say, Pele. <laughs> and, and... Hey everybody, welcome to Curling Nation Season 4? Yep. Episode Accurate. 6. Dude, you're think, supposed to be I the think. one taking well, notes. Well, I didn't, leave that I didn't write it down, so right. uh, I'm pretty sure we're on 6. If we're wrong, you yeah. fix it in post. Um, anyway, uh, we got a good show. We got Wally and Steve. Wally and, Henry. Wally Henry Steve and Steve Brown. Brown in in person in the flesh. Uh, we go through some background stuff. It's a long episode, but we go through some background on them, and then we get into to some good stories. Uh, it's a it's fun time. So mm-hmm. stick stick with us. Yeah, stick you might have to listen to it in two parts, but yeah, yeah, yeah uh, it's a good it it's a good time. Yeah, and there's bacon. Yeah. And there's bacon Joel, and Joel, brats. Joel is a table full of meat in front of us. Yeah. Two kinds of brats and some bacon. So if you hear us indulging during the show, we apologize, but it's, it's uh, we also didn't do a show title. Yeah, well, uh, two old guys and the rest of us. Sure. There we go. Yeah, Two old guys go. and the rest of us. Yeah. Show title. All right. First of all, uh, Curling Nation is brought to you by Modus Financial. Uh, visit ModusCC.com for all your credit card processing and point of sale needs. Uh, give Mason a call if you're a curling club. You need to take 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 some credit cards for pay- payments. Stop taking checks. Just do it all online. Uh, Mason can, can help you out. Um, ModusCC.com. Also, Endgamecurling.com. Uh, Croy made some uh, pretty good brooms. Uh, I got one. I like it. Um, the most eco-friendly broom head change, change in the world. Uh, all you do is swap out the fat fabric. You keep the head. Keep keep the pad. It, it's a good broom. Pretty good. He's got a new one. He's got a travel broom. He's got a grippy sleeve. What, what do you call yeah. the... Grip sleeve. The grip sleeve. The there grip, you go. The, the grip sleeve. There so, you go. Uh, visit endgamecurling.com and uh, support a U.S. made broom. No updates because no updates. nothing we happened. No, nothing holidays. happened over the holidays. Did you guys know. have a good Christmas? It was fine. I was I was here sick. So. Oh, okay, oh, great. Sucks. Yeah. Oh. I played uh, three and a half ends in the Oakville family bond spiel. Nice. Again, mm-hmm. uh, just like last year. How'd your ends go? Uh, we scored every end that I played. <laughs> is uh, it like straight up scoring or is it like... Uh, yes, it's straight the- up scoring and it's straight up curling, except you have to change... Like the rules sort of change every end where like the first end you go out with whatever lineup you want. And then yeah. after the first end's over, you got to read the little board and it says, okay, the second end, the skip is the shortest person. Mm. on the team there you go and it goes from shortest to tallest and the next one so you were the skip that end uh Uh, no i wasn't (laughs) actually i don't well i was playing with henry um it wasn't it wasn't shortest it was like i I don't whatever it it changes every end like one's most punctual uh one was like the most argumentative and and, you know like so but we also had an eight person team great uh awesome and so we we won our first game 
They're two six end games. We won our first game, and then uh, I had to leave and come home mm -hmm. while my wife was playing in the Spoons Championship. Um, oh, got it. Okay. And because you get bonus points for winning spoons, you get bonus points for singing karaoke, things like that. Whoa. All right. Uh, and my Love team it. apparently won. They tied the second game and then won in a draw to the button contest, which my twelve-year-old drew full forefoot to win to win the nice. draw. Way to go, Martin! So um, I don't know what that ended up getting the team, as far like if we placed in the playoffs or not. I, I don't know that answer, but uh, I also my wife forgot my one of my sets of car keys. And so, friend friend of the show, Laura Walker, happens to be curling in Oakville this weekend. Yeah. And she was curling in Madison next weekend. She will be delivering my car keys back to me next Knock week. Knock on wood. Look, Ideally. Laura, please don't forget Craig's car keys. Yeah. Awesome. Um, That's great. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Laura, she the, that was the whole beer and orange juice episode. Yes. The breakfast. Breakfast beers. Breakfast yeah. beers. Okay. I uh, I tried a beer and orange juice. Okay. With another club member who is sure. a listener of the show. Sure. Bernie. Sure. Um, hey, Bernie. And uh, what kind? Of, okay. What kind of beer? Pabst. 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 Uh, a good bre breakfast beer. Pulp. Mm -hmm. No pulp. Orange juice. No pulp. Thank no pulp. God. He chose no pulp. He had the good. choice. Ooh. Are you of a pulp? Pulp orange no. juice or no? Not really. Are you a pulp guy? No. No, me neither. I'm not a savage. No. Pulp's disgusting. Um, and we had our choice of the six beers on tap at the sure. Madison Curling sure. Club, and we decided that Pabst was the way to go for that. I, I would have gone Pabst. Pabster. I think I would have gone Pabster. Uh, we have Bush Light. Really? Right? We I have think? that on tap? I think so. Uh, we do. Yeah. yeah. Or we did why. at some point. We have yeah, some we did. sort of light. Not sure if it's still. Anymore, not sure but... if it's still there, but we did at some or, point. Or I mean, it's probably Pabster Mick Golden. Like, no. but yeah, I would have gone, I would have gone with something like that. Yeah. So I, we went I, with Pabst I like and that. Mm -hmm. uh, we thought that was the right choice mm -hmm. and it's, it's okay. Okay. Like it, it's, um, it's not, what, what was the, I was what was the ratio? Your, yeah. That was my question. I what think was, he tried to just rate? go 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. Okay. okay. Um, you know, it still sort of tastes like beer and it sort of tastes like orange juice. It doesn't completely taste like either. Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a little bit like a screwdriver. You know, it's a little sure. bit like orange juice, yeah. and it's a little bit like a sure. cocktail. Sure. Yeah. But it's not uh, maybe the best of either. I I've had some club members approach me and say, "You've never heard of a beer mosa?" So apparently, it's a thing. Apparently, yeah. in in the in the U.S., maybe it's called a beer mosa instead of just a beer and OJ. Because we fancy in Canada. I don't, I don't know. I've I've not had one yet. Uh, Laura will be here this coming week. Yeah. Whatever for the for the Madtown yep. Double Down. Uh, I I will approach her and we will try. I I would like to try and have a beer have and OJ, another. beer and OJ mm -hmm. with with Laura Walker. It didn't repulse me by any means. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure it's something that I'm going to partake in very often. Regularly, but mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. All right. I love it. So there way, you go. Way to do some field work for us. You yeah. bet. Appreciate that. You yeah. bet. All right. Let's get let's get to the interview. All right. We got a great show today, uh, everybody. We have a couple of old guys, maybe some legends in the room. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put some questions on a tee and just let them tell some stories 
Hopefully this should be a good show. Uh, Steve Brown and Wally Henry are joining us. How long, how long have you guys known each other? And then how long did you curl together? <laughs> well, I asked Wally before as he walked in and confirmed how many years. And now I know why I had any success at all. Because he joined me in 86 and we went to the Worlds and won a bronze medal. <laughs> and the last year he played with me was in 91 we won a bronze medal. So he got me there to the Worlds in the beginning. Okay. And he ended and he knew I was washed up. So he left me. <laughs> we actually uh, knew each other for quite a few years before that. We used to play against each other in the uh, championship series at club level, sometimes the district, sometimes the state. Um, and we, we've known each other probably for, for oh, since, since I had say, uh, 76, 77, 1976, 1977. Yeah, that sounds right. So that's, that's a while. Who were you playing with Wally before you started curling with Steve? In competition, it was uh, uh, started off with uh, Jim Gemmel. He was originally from North Dakota, and that's when I was still swinging corn. Uh, he had a fabric uh, broom, and uh, I just forget who else was on beaver that tail? team. The be beaver tail. Uh, it was a not a beaver tail. It was it was a a, a cloth. Broom. I forget what they were called. Steve. But not the pu push broom. The old, still the old school, like yeah. slapping. Yeah, one of the rink rack styles. Rink rack. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. And uh, then uh, for quite a few years after that, uh, I was curling with uh, Mike Bisbee, uh, and uh, we we locked heads a few times with uh, Steve and his team during the early '80s, late '70s, and uh, then, like Steve said, we we joined together in in 1986. And when, when did you come to the U.S.? You're uh, it was Winnipeg, it was 1976 right? or 77. It was I think it was 1976. Where came, where are you from previously? Uh, I came down from Toronto. I was living in in uh, just outside of Toronto when I got a uh, company transfer. Before that, uh, I was in I grew up uh, in Manitoba, about 80 miles west of Winnipeg. Okay. And, uh, and and then I, I came down here from Toronto. An interesting story. Uh, the first summer that we were here, we moved down, I think, in, in the spring, in April or May. And uh, one of the first things I did is took a look in the Yellow Pages to find out where the nearest curling club was to the west side of Madison. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, how, that's how long ago yeah. it was people still used phone books back yeah. then Joel. Yeah. <laughs> and, was that uh, madison or was that lodi no uh, that was in that was I, lived, I was living on the west side of madison my first place uh, uh when we moved here and i wanted something on the west side because you know you have a few uh, uh pops after a game you don't want to be too far to drive right and uh, when I looked in the phone book, there was no curling clubs listed, not even one, let alone in my neighborhood. <laughs> so, so I had to do a little digging to, to uh, find somebody that knew about the club and, uh, and finally got in there. Who did you meet or who, how did you find out about the club? Actually, uh, I assume in Madison you started curling yeah, Madison, right? Yeah, I started curling Madison, okay. yeah. Always been a Madison curler since I've been here, but uh, uh, a co-worker, a colleague of mine, I knew a guy that was curling, and his name was Jack Jarrett. And, it, and mm. that was actually the same year that Jack Jarrett was, uh, was president of the, of the curling club. Okay. So I, I got a hold of his phone number out of the phone book, 
Okay. <laughs> called him. Called him and uh, um, and I talked to him. I, I didn't have very much equipment, so I asked him where I could find some curling equipment. And this is still in the summertime. And he says, "Well, Lori Carlson has curling equipment." So I had to dig dig him up and find <laughs> get a couple get a couple of things. I needed a broom and and uh, a few other things. And uh, then uh, through Jack Jarrett again, I got introduced to. A, club member and curled for him as his third the first year because first year new curlers could not be skips got it hmm. okay <laughs> that 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 checks out in the uh like the hierarchy of things That's back right. in the day i would imagine That's the way it was back in the day yeah. yeah yeah and back then did you have to be sponsored by somebody to come into the club uh you or? had to sign yeah 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 you had to sign a card as a matter of fact that's interesting you bring that up joel um uh, and uh, Jack Jarrett gave me the card and and uh, said, "Welcome to the curling club." That I just had to sign my name and put my contact information down. And then he said, "You'll be curling with Arnie Wake." Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I don't. I, that that must be a name from a long time ago. <laughs> I I don't know Arnie at all. So was he? He was a character or just a. That was a blast from the past. Let's just leave it that way. Well, okay. he, was a character. <laughs> he, was, he, he was a character. He, he, he was a fun guy. Um, uh, of course, we're we're only playing on four sheets at the time, and and uh, I think we only had two draws a night. One at uh, I don't think we had an early draw. We had one at six thirty and one at eight thirty. I think. Okay. And uh, yeah, he was a, he was a, an interesting interesting club member. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Steve, how did you get in? I mean, you, uh, I guess how you started <laughs> curling not in Madison, right? Right. How did you get into Madison ultimately? Well, my curling started in the big metropolis of Galesville, about 900 people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was actually three steps away uh, from the curling club. I was in my backyard. Okay. And we used to go in there when we were only six, seven, eight years old on a daily basis. We go in, sneak in the club room, and throw some stones. Iceman got pretty pretty knowledgeable of what we were doing, so he started locking the the from the ice house up into the club room where the light switch was. He locked the door, so we could okay. we could actually get into the ice house through little side doors. Because back in those days, it was all natural ice; it wasn't any artificial ice. So they had to keep sure. these doors open to keep the ice cold. <laughs> got it. But he locked the door, and that would make us kids really upset. <laughs> <laughs> and we go out there; it was pitch dark. So in the days where he did that, we thought, "Well, what the hell? We're still going to have fun." So one kid would take a couple rocks to the far end, and another guy would stay at the close end. And you'd put—we were just again seven, eight years old, nine years old. We put both feet in hacks, and we'd do a belly flop, and we'd shove that rock just as hard as we could towards the other end. <laughs> and the kid at the other end would do the same thing. We'd time it. We'd throw it. Oh. And then we'd wait for about four seconds. We'd hear that crash of the granite. And we'd just <laughs> we'd giggle and we'd laugh and we'd think that's funny. We'd do that two, three times. And geez, every time they hit, they just exploded and be rocks all over. But the secret was, if you threw that rock and you counted 1,003, 1,004, and you didn't hear a bang, you thought, oh, oh, you got the hell out of there. And about two seconds later, that rock would come flying in, hit the hack, turn over, and it just wipe you out. I mean, so whoever hit you, it killed you. So. And then he'd come in, and all of a sudden, 
he'd come through that front door and we didn't know it and he'd turn the light on and he looks out and here's rocks just spread all over the place <laughs> kick us out and get mad swear at us but we go back and do the same thing the next day so <laughs> did we break, break any rocks no we never did i never that's why i believe not a as, rock bar, can't not be as far as you know yeah. <laughs> no so wally where'd you start curling well uh, when I was growing up, when I was in, in elementary school, uh, I think I was uh, six or seven years old when I threw my first stone. We lived in a farming community and uh, we had two clubs. One was three miles east of us and one was three miles west of us. Okay. Uh, the one that was east was in a town called Rosendale and, and it was an interesting setup for, for a curling club because it had one sheet <laughs> and <laughs> and that sheet that sheet was for the parents to curl on, and on each side and around the ends was a skating surface, so it was actually okay. like three three uh, three curling sheets wide, but around the ends, uh, people uh, kids could skate all the way around in a circle around the curling sheet. Huh, okay. So, that, so not only could the parents huh. curl, but they keep an eye on the kids too. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Make sure they don't get on the curling ice with right. skates. Right. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be interesting. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, that that was in Rosendale. Lavenham had a one sheet club as well. Now these <laughs> these towns these towns the population was less than fifty. <laughs> and they still, had a, yeah. but they still had a curling. Still like a, yeah, had a curling, awesome. had a curling club, and uh, how many bars? Uh, not, uh, no bars. Oh. No, you're talking Canada. They don't have bars. Didn't have bars back then, and there wasn't a hotel. Hotels are where you usually got the the, the pub. Oh, okay. Uh, and okay. the nearest one was probably 15 miles away. Whoa. But uh, the uh, in in Lavenham, the other uh, the other town. It had a one-sheet club um, was just that it was one sheet only and 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 it was like like a long tunnel that you curled on that one sheet mm -hmm. and on both of these places the place in 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 Lavenham when they had a, a bond spiel naturally it was natural ice and we had the the big windows on the side of the uh, of the building so you could open it and keep keep the, uh, let the cold air in <laughs> keep the ice <laughs> But they'd have a they'd have a 16 team uh, Bonsfield on one sheet on one, on sheet. one sheet. It took a week because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't curl during the morning or the afternoon. They curled at night, <laughs> so, so it, it took a while to, to work through that schedule. <laughs> and in Rosendale, uh, with uh, uh, with the skating ice, they'd they'd flood the the side skating uh, surfaces to curl, so you'd have three sheets. And they they used to have weekend uh, bond spiels. You could have sixteen teams and get it done yeah, on a weekend with uh, with yeah, three with sheets. Three sheets. Okay. Yeah. No skating then. No. Wow. <laughs> so where is this? Like, is this is this Rosendale? Is this kind of right by Morris? Well, you play you've played in uh, in Portage. Yeah. We were about eighteen miles southwest of Portage. Okay. So just for geographical sake. All right, got it. Portage the Prairie, that is. Portage the Prairie, mm -hmm. home of the Manitoba water slide in the hotel that's connected to the curling club. A lot of people have talked about the water slide on this show, or multiple people have. I don't know if you guys can nice. remember that, mm -hmm. but if you haven't, I you haven't, I don't if you, the water you slide. haven't curled in Portage, if you haven't gone down the water slide, no. yeah, that's <laughs> kind of the general rule. Nice. That's it's interesting. Awesome. While I mentioned like 
didn't curl during the day. And the reason was, right. again, it was all natural ice in those days. Uh-huh. I remember the Gilzo and Bobby Burns, Bonsfield, same thing. It was a big, big thing. Thirty-two teams, annual tournament, the uh, the Bobby Burns Bonsfield, and they would start curling like as early as they could in the morning, and then about ten thirty, eleven o'clock, when the sun came out, the ice would start to melt. And they'd have to quit curling until about six, seven at night, and then they would absolutely yeah. curl all night long. All night, uh, oh, really? That's the only way they could catch up. That's and, awesome. And just... <laughs> how many? How many sheets was Galesville? Three. That was three. That was a three. big one. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that, but yeah. there was also Centerville. It was only four miles down the road. Right. And they had a little three sheet or two. So yeah, three Centerville was the Quonset hunt. Yeah, right. It was a little Quonset hunt. Yep. The wow. interesting thing about uh, natural ice is that it. It's, it, it's very, very um, difficult to play on because it's unpredictable. After you have a, a sun, sunny day, the next day the ice is totally different than it was the day before. Because, sure. <laughs> because well, sure, it's a new flood. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, the, it's all brand new ice. So would they, like, when it start to melt, would the, whoever was playing, you'd take the rocks off the sheet? Yeah, just, take, yeah, yeah. take the rocks off the sheet and set, set them somewhere where they're going to keep cold. Uh-huh. Um, and I know a few times <laughs> when the uh, the ice was still wet at six o'clock when they're ready to start the bond spiel again, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, the curlers would go and they'd shovel snow in through the windows. They'd open up the windows and let the cold air in, but they'd shovel snow onto the ice and then push that snow up and down a sheet of ice to absorb the water. Then they'd throw it back out to the <laughs> window again and, and <laughs> throw get the ready slush. to pebble. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And when that, pe- when that water was on there, that uh, film, yeah. they would, guys, the, the teams that could throw rockers, they would actually try and throw rockers. You get the rock just wobbling going and yeah, that way sure. it went you know it went slow down and went grabs quick so if you were a big strong guy you had a tremendous advantage Dang. when the ice was starting to go out or you hadn't started it in just, yet just kind of yeah. just kind of get it get it kind of rotating yeah. down wow that's wild <laughs> i can't even i can't even imagine that now that's what do you think yeah. well the time 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 that we had to play on that naturalized two two years ago during the pandemic right out oh out yeah, out yeah. In the park yeah. like out in the park uh we, we had to throw mary bro broman style uh one because we were you know covered in clothes and like eight layers of clothes because it was so cold <laughs> but put the handle on the put the brush around the ha- handle and just whip it <laughs> um got it our team that got us the uh we third event final? third event world championship of the world championship of the world event. we did yeah we did <laughs> of course uh but uh, yeah it, it was natural ice was tough oh yeah it was Very tough, tough. <laughs> what i mean how i mean can you even compare it to curling today oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean it was the same in that it had rings and rocks yeah. but <laughs> The rings weren't necessarily colored, or if they were colored, it was very, very pale color. They didn't okay. put a, they didn't mm-hmm. put a lot of coloring in the, in the in the circles, but the hacks were dug into the ice so that uh, it was the, the the hacks were about oh maybe two inches lower than the surface of the ice, so you you could kind of jump out of it, jump out, jump out, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and back then, you know that that was that was just when everything was changing as far as. Uh, uh, where you could release from because curling uh, originally you, you threw the rock from a standing position and from a crampet they 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 called okay. it you didn't slide it was basically just like a board that was 
That's right. It on, was just like on, a board. On the ice. Yeah. And, uh, and then when I started curling, slide, the slide was just coming into effect. But uh, that time, you couldn't slide back past the T-line. You had to release before the T-line. So it's almost like throwing mm. from the crampet anyways. Yeah. And then uh, a few years later, they changed it to sliding out to the hog line. But your body had to stop before it reached the hog line. Oh, you remember man, that dead stop, yeah. Yeah, it had to come for a dead stop. Did you have good enough shoes that people could slide out past it? Well, the, shoe, the curling shoes that we used had leather soles. They're, mm, <laughs> they're straight right. shoes with leather soles, so they'd slide. There was no, there, there was, there was no curling equipment back no then. There was no tough line. The only curling equipment that was available back then was a broom. I uh, used penny loafers. They had the best sliding surface. <laughs> penny <laughs> loafers. Sure. Okay. <laughs> wow. When, uh, when did Teflon come in? When I mean, I assume you guys, yeah. you had to have slid on. That yeah, didn't well, start until the late 60s, the early 60s, 70s, yeah. probably, the 60s, Teflon. Yeah. Okay. And they were half sliders at yeah, the time. They, they were actually... Uh, it wasn't Teflon shoes. Teflon sliders yeah. right. uh, came so out. Like a like a pull-on thing. Like they mm -hmm. still have. Right. You can still get some of them today. Got it. Got it. And back then it was very common to have a tuck, so you just had a Teflon slider that went over the front part of your foot. Sure. Sure. Nice. And when you're when you when they were still stopping the delivery before the hog line, you're almost stopped anyways because you didn't have much of a sliding surface on your on your shoes. Um, but the sliding surfaces got better when people started looking for shoes that would slide better than the other ones. Uh -huh. And then, uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, they had to change that rule because curlers would release the stone before the hog line, right? Stand up quick and step over the hog line while they're still in motion. So, that, that, uh, <laughs> so, so you gotta be quick. <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. gotta be quick. Yeah. Wow. What so then? If that I would assume it's like if you slide over now, it's just a, a hog stone. It's just a pulled fouled rock or whatever. You, yeah, whatever you want to call. Nobody it. Nobody ever did it, but that's what it would be. Yeah. Sure, sure. You'd have to call it on your. I mean, you'd call it on yourself. Police. Yeah. 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 And, what and, about when you got to like nationals or worlds? Were there officials or when did officials? I don't think there. No, there was know. no officials back then. Okay. Um, but I know the early. The early championships um, started when they when you had to stop before the hog line. Got it. Yeah, and and they did. You know, you could you could work it out. So you can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's like, it's like it is now that you get to that level, you're good enough to do it. It's it, they're letting the rock. I mean, everybody lets the rock go now almost all the time before before the hog line. Yeah. I mean, you, you've practiced. They've thrown hundreds of thousands of rocks. You, you just got good at it, I would imagine. Yeah. It's just a different, another, another skill. You said you, uh, so you, you were still, you swept with corn. I swept right? with corn. Did uh, you ever, you always skipped, right, Steve? Uh, I used a corn broom in high school. Little okay. beaver corn broom. Okay. And uh, I remember they were four ninety five at the local <laughs> hardware store. And, That's probably uh, <laughs> when, when was that? Like nineteen. I graduated from I'm, high school in sixty five. So nineteen sixty five. What do you think? What do you think? Inflation adjusted. That's yeah. a, that was an expensive broom. <laughs> I was just gonna was, say, yeah. what, what's that now? Like seventy five <laughs> bucks or something? I don't know. I mean, that would be four ninety five. Yeah. 
Did the All local right. hardware store sell any other curling supplies or just the brooms? Just the broom, as far as I know. That was the only thing they had. That was, that was the only the, thing there was for curling. That was the only thing you needed, yeah. right? Yeah. Because yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> a lot of, lot of, uh, of uh, club curlers would be out there with a buckle over shoes on the, on the ice. <laughs> so they wow. didn't fall down. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. Nice. I actually remember going to Sault Ste. Marie to go to their closing mix bonds field. It was like a 120-team bonds field in Holy April. Cow. And we went up there, and there was a team from Milwaukee, and we curled with a couple from uh, uh, from Two Rivers at the time. It's uh, They had a club up by uh, Manitowoc. Okay. And in that 120-team bonds field, a team from Milwaukee who had four push brooms, and okay. we had two on our team. A couple from uh, uh, Two Rivers had corn brooms. Okay. We were the only six people on the ice with push brooms. That was the first time. And that was like about 76 or so. And okay. It was just amazing how, and people were actually watching our game because they couldn't believe people were using push brooms. It was a little hair. And then, I mean, it only took, what, four or five years? And, I mean, it just, the scale just tipped so quickly towards the push broom concept. And those were old uh, horse hair or those hog old horse hair hog, and hog hair? hair both. They were, both came out about the same time. I mean, it's probably like the change from fiberglass to when carbon fiber started to come out i yeah, mean be similar you know the the top teams i mean you go back to even probably furby definitely was using fiberglass weren't they yeah that was Ooh. a it was a quick but, transition as well the yeah. uh but i mean it was the first time i ever saw a carbon fiber yeah was at the it wasn't even released like to the public yet, mm -hmm. but it was in the tour championship uh, in like it was either 03 or 04. Okay, and and these are the carbon fiber ones that we would know today as yeah, carbon yeah. fiber. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it was a different version, but they was same same weight, like just Similar. just as yeah. light, or you yeah. know maybe yeah. not as light as the very lightest ones now, but really really close. Right, and. Uh, I was playing against I was playing against Brad Gushu and he was like, you know, two days out of juniors. Sure. Um and I said, you know, what's what's this broom you got here? Yeah. And he says he says, Check it out. And he hands it to me head end first. Yeah. So I'm feeling the The weight of the, the head. weight of the handle. Like oh, sure, you sure, know, sure, sure, sure. when I'm like I grab it and then I'm all I can feel is the handle and there's just nothing there. Right. And he said, he just laughed. And he's like, I had the same reaction. They said, they sent me the box and I thought it was empty. <laughs> um, Cause they took them to, they had just gotten them. Cause I think that was when he had just qualified for his first briar. Sure. And he hadn't even gone. This was before the briar. Yep like a week or two before the briar and this was the first event that they were like trying them out in and uh -huh. they were going to take them to the briar the next week or you know two weeks later or whatever yeah. um but that was so that i can't remember if that was 03 or 04 but you know by the time 06 came around yeah, pretty much i don't think that anybody had a had like fiberglass, fiberglass handles anymore yeah. You know what um, brand came out first with that? Performance. Performance. Um, the 
what was it called? The the Revolution? I think so. Something like that. Um <clears throat> just sure. this, you know, kind of ugly black thing. Had a big old sticker on sticker it. on it. Yeah. Um sure. but then, you know, it did not take long at all for all the other companies to realize that they needed one of those too. Um so for like one year performance dominated and then it got spread out amongst all the other companies again sure but uh yeah that was a quick transition it yeah. took uh it took quite a while for the the um, brushes to come into existence because they, they, they were they first came into into north america with the, the scots when they came over to play the uh, early version of the world championships okay it was a silver broom right yeah, back then it was. Uh, was it Silver Broom yet? No, it wasn't even McDonald tobacco yet. It was it was the Scotch Cup, I think it was what they called it. But anyways, they'd they'd be the only team with these push brooms, and uh, and nobody else in North America used them or had probably had even seen them. And it took quite a while. That was back in the '60s. It took till almost the '90s for them to, them to become commonplace. So it took hmm. it took a while. A lot of the a lot of corn broom swingers said those brushes will never work. They'll yeah. be gone, and in <laughs> next year you won't see any. <laughs> they finally caught on. Because wasn't it first seen as like a, a junior thing, right? Like you use that first, or did you go no right into corn? No, no juniors, juniors, you went right into corn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until uh, people started realizing how much easier it was to sweep those things than swing swing corn. <laughs> they they picked up then. Yeah, well, and then and then for a while, didn't wouldn't guys or teams have just like a whole bag full of stuff? Like you'd have push brooms and they'd have <laughs> corn brooms. I, have, I feel like I've heard stories of world championships or national championships where where a team would be getting beat and then they'd bring out the corn brooms and kind of mess up the ice and is that is that true or am i misremembering <laughs> yeah. lots of lo lots of stories about that yeah. was a lot in these guys's era where there was some gamesmanship there was some questionable sportsmanship sure. uh decisions that uh i don't know how much they want to discuss uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to say who it was, but you can say there was a team. But there were at... there were multiple teams. Yeah. Uh, from, I would say from every country, but definitely there was some in the U.S. that <clears throat> they would have good corn brooms and they would have shitty corn brooms and they would have push brooms, and it yeah. all depended on what the score of the game was. And what they what they were using. Got it. And, uh there was more than a few heated conversations between these two and some of those other teams what so did did you when playing each other ever do that do you recall not against each no, other not I against mean, each other that's when we were playing competitively but again it just it really was is gamemanship and if the officials it was beyond officials because they were unaware of anything that was going on. I mean, they just had no concept. They'd never played under those conditions. Sure. And then ordinarily was also even playing field. If both teams used straw, everything was fine. If both teams used brushes. But when you use a straw broom that is old and purposely, uh, yeah. you know, just falls apart. 
So you can actually sweep to make the, sto uh, the stone just virtually come to a stop. And against the push mm -hmm. broom, it was a very on-level playing field. But the officials weren't aware of that, and there was just no legislation against it. So got it. they got by with it for several years. And actually at the World Championship, I think one of the first times there was a turnaround uh, in Kevin Martin. To this day, I consider him a really close friend, but he was one of the Canadians that tried to pull out uh, the corn brooms when they were getting beat by a Scottish team at the World Championships. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the Canadians actually booed him uh, because of what he was doing. And, wow. You know, it was amazing. And wow. after that, it basically, I think then slowly but surely, the legislation came in that you weren't allowed to use them. And, and you couldn't switch back and forth. You had to yeah. choose one. Right. But back, you know, when right. prior to that, you could flip-flop the whole game. And, sure. like, these guys, you know, I don't know how much they want to talk about it, but, like, they had to learn how to sweep corn again. Wally wow. was the only one who knew how the hell to do it. Yeah. Like, any any good. Um, and Pustavar, he was all right at it. Um, but they had to, like, reintroduce corn to their game just to combat the corn that was being used against them because their hair brooms wouldn't pick up the shit Got that it. was being dumped on the ice by other teams. Sure. So they'd have to like basically have a corn broom and a that hair was yeah. yeah, they'd use they'd use one of each. Got uh it. to try and the corn broom would basically clear corn out of the way. Yeah. That was its only job. And the push broom would actually sweep the rock like we know Similar like to what we, we think, do today. Yeah, yeah like to make think, a rock you know, go farther yeah. or straighter. Yeah. Got it. Um, so were the officials just not competitive players or didn't know how to there weren't many do this corn or they didn't? Until until the early 90s or late 80s, there wasn't really any officials until you got to the world championships. There wasn't, wasn't wow. really any officials uh, at nationals. They might have one or two out there. Um, but you know, uh, in those days there wasn't many officials and, and the officials didn't really know what was going on either. Cause they're usually some of the old hierarchy of, uh, the old crumpet curling. Sure. And an in, another interesting fact about, uh, using brooms, uh, dry brooms. So they leave debris on the ice that, um, one of the reasons we never did it is because we felt that if we get out there and do that we got to throw rocks through that stuff too. So we might be only be hurting ourselves by, by dusting yeah. up the ice. So, so that's, that's another fact you had to take into consideration. You have two teams doing it, then it's going to be really messy out there. Sure. Sure. I think that, you know, there also wasn't as much legislation or, you know, rules about it. Like, cause it mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't clear to, I mean, it was clear to the players who know what's going on right. that they are switching equipment because they think the situation calls for it. Yeah. But, you know, there's no specific rules that say you can't switch between different brooms, so it's not technically cheating. Yeah. Even though it very so it was, much did It was against the rules. But the, the, yeah, but it was very much, it against, was very much the against the, the whole spirit, spirit of, of curling. Yeah. Would stuff like that happen? I assume you guys played leagues, like you played league nights, or did you not? Yeah, yeah, we put we played would, leagues. Would stuff back like then. that 
happen in leagues or not really? No, that not was not just really. More casual no. and just yeah, it was. You know, it, it, it guys was, were out. And, the times we were talking about through the '80s when it happened to us several different times. It was only, it was only about two or three teams. Sure. In the whole country that did it. Sure. So you never really played against them the whole year until you got to the nationals. Got it. Got it. And then, and then there might be out. times where they didn't do that at all. If they're playing against teams that they were beating up, they just use push brooms like everybody else. Got it. And it wasn't until they got into a competitive situation or a game where they were that in they, danger. They're down by two or three. They go to their bag and pull out the old corn broom. And where it really got exaggerated is when they would actually sweep into the stone. I mean, the concept of the old days of, you know, and Bud and Bobby and some of the Attingers from Switzerland were using corn brooms. It was really beautiful. But they're, you know, just swishing going down the ice. Right. These guys would actually take the brush, and as the stone is coming across the hog line, it could be clearly hack weight. Yeah. They would just move towards the rock, sweeping, aiming, basically aiming their their corn broom at the rock, and the straw would just shoot out so and go underneath the stone, into and it. it would just come to a screeching halt and go sideways behind the guard. I mean, <laughs> you, you might only have four four inches of curl, and they yeah. could make it curl three yeah. and a half feet because they'd put a bunch of straw. Because they put straw. <laughs> wow. And, and they they knew they, they knew what to do. They go up by the hog line and and slap the broom by maybe three times on the ice. Just put enough straw out there so the rock continues, but it starts to dig in and it'll stop right on the forefoot. You know, they wow. they they learn wow. how to do this. And they're good enough to to know to or to know how to do it to make it curl and not like pick and go the the other way. Yeah, yeah. As long as there was oh, yeah. handle on it, it would always just right. It would grab it was, the shit, but it would just continue with the, with the same handle. In huh. in 1987, I think it was, we were we were playing the national championships in um, in Lake Placid. Okay. And uh, we were playing against a team that knew how to do this. Mm -hmm. And and of course we were using brushes then the brushes that we used then were very wide they're, they're almost like 10 inches in width okay. and you had to have that in order to keep the the uh the corn away from the running surface of the, of sure, the storm sure okay but um talking about umpires in that game uh we were complaining that uh, that this team was doing that but there was no um umpires to, to complain to and we knew that in the in the uh, audience was members of the board of directors of the USCA, and we turned around and looked at them, and they couldn't do anything either. <laughs> you know, they yeah, couldn't, they couldn't make ruling yeah, on it either because there wasn't there wasn't a rule. It was it, it was, was not just, a rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we also they're not they're not going to make a rule like right during they're not going to make a rule, right, make a rule sure. during during an event. So got it. Yeah, so, so that was that was as late as '87. That uh, and then after that, uh, more and more umpires came uh, started coming to these events, and Got it. they started training umpires and so and on and so forth. When did when did when was corn legislated out? It's, it's not legislated it's not. out. Oh, it's not. Well, yeah, no, still? it is now. Is it? I uh, think for competitive for, for competitive, competitive play. play, you yeah. can't. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, like ever since. I think in theory it was probably still legal up until this whole Broomgate thing. Sure. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. But now you have to have this one material, and right. it has to at be on a, play. at any championship play, and it, it has to be a swivel head. You can't even have a fixed head. Got it. Because you can put too much. You know, you can just put all your weight on one corner of huh? a broom. So they have to be swivel, and they have to be the one fabric. But not sure I knew about the swivel thing. Yeah. Huh. Fun. Um. I do remember playing against uh, Travis Way at Junior Nationals in Schenectady 95 or 6. 96. 96. 
and he accidentally stepped out. They were doing their practice slides. He had this corn slide broom. They were doing their practice slides, and he accidentally stepped out on the ice with his slide broom to go down there to, uh, to go skip. <clears throat> he picked up his regular broom, and the umpire came came out out and said. No, no, you stepped out on the ice with the corn broom. He, <laughs> yeah, had he, the cor he had to play with the corn broom. So he would skip. He skipped with the corn broom. That was a rule for a while. That What, yeah. what you started with is what you kept through the whole yeah, game. Yeah, but what you stepped out on the ice with, unless it was a broom. <laughs> and I, I think it took us. It, it took him an extra, like, two ends to kick our ass. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those two ends, though, like, man. We, you really felt like you had a chance. We felt we had a chance. <laughs> so he uh having the corn broom like i'll tell a story that's not related to anybody here because we won't you know offend anyone or you guys don't have to offend anyone but he was he was very much he was from the same club that a lot of these guys who were had a bad reputation were from got it and uh he knew how to do he knew how to put shit on the ice if he wanted to and he was excellent player um, so he didn't need to most of the time, but he, the, the Rosas from Nebraska, they won some nationals mm -hmm. in the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. And, uh, I, I remember this and he was very much in their head, uh, <clears throat> in general. And one, one of these junior nationals, I can't remember which one it was. It might've been that, that was, Rochester one. Um, uh, I was there. So I was there in 96, 97, 98, 99. I think it was 97. 96 or 97. Somewhere he walked there. out for a game against them. And I think it was 97 because it was 90s. Uh, they, I think Travis Way won in Schenectady. And, and then they beat the him in the final in 97. Yeah. Um, but in one of those championships, and I don't even think it was the final. Uh, it could have been the semi. It could have been, uh, been a round-robin <laughs> game. Yeah. He was playing against the Roses, and he walked out there with his corn broom. And this was, like, in practice, like, before the game. Yeah. And he went out there, and he just, like, beat the shit out of it. And just crap flying all over. And he basically just turned around and looked at him and, like, smiled. And so they all go in, and they, like, switch their brooms and put get their other – get their corn – yeah. defender brooms whatever they felt was the best broom to stop him from sweeping corn and they just put it away never used it and kicked the crap out of him <laughs> <laughs> like, he just did it did it in practice just to mess with their heads and like i that, that was it was a very powerful like mental tool against certain teams wow and that was one of the teams and i do recall and one time tool, apparently yeah um, I do. I thought one year the roses brought out. They had um, they had a hog hair broom that they cored out the inside. They left the hog hair on the on on the front edge and the sides, and then put a hammer pad. Yeah. In the middle of it. Yeah. And that that that's what they used against them. I think in the final. Yeah, I think they 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 had that. They built that broom specifically to play against him. Yeah. And nice. I remember they called the officials out for it, and the official looked at it and said, it's a broom. Yeah. 
Uh, when you guys played together, who did you play with? It was the two of you, and who else? Uh, Godfrey and Richard Masco. Or George Godfrey, most, for think, those all, of us. Through all those five years, pretty For much. those yeah, of our man. listeners who don't know, yeah. George. Uh, Pustavar yeah. played the last couple years with yeah, you think, guys, and Richard didn't play for... Yeah, two of those years, I think. Yeah, 1991, I think, Pustavar uh, um, um, joined us, and that's when... Uh, that that's when he took over the spot where uh, Richard, that Richard yeah. left. Yeah. Okay. And of course, when when yeah. we when we go to usually to worlds and sometimes I guess even the nationals we'd have we'd have a five person team uh -huh. we'd have a spare or a sub. And uh, um, in '91, uh, our sub was uh, uh, Mike Forboni. He Correct. he came with us. And, okay. And he he played just uh, just about as much time uh, as lead as I did. I was I was lead in '91. Okay. And uh, we kind of shared that uh, that position. Got it, got it. So your lineup, you generally played lead then, Wally. In '86, I was third. Okay. And George was second, and Richard Maskell lead. Okay. And then in in and we played that way through the '80s. Yep. Uh, and then in 1991. Um, uh, Paul Pustavar uh, came in as third, and I, uh, I went down to lead, and George Godfrey was still at the second spot. Got and it. Mike Rowley and I shared that spot. And in 92, you'd had enough of Steve's shit. You know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I, he says, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> Did you continue playing competitively after... No, no. Uh, that's, that's when I, I stopped playing competitively. That was when you yeah. stopped playing competitively. Yeah. You moved you on having struck... a family then? Yeah, I was, or... I was uh, yeah, I was uh, I'd become a single parent and uh and uh had to dedicate a lot more time to my family than I than I did in the past. Got it. And okay. Wally wanted to get more into the he's famous, he's a world winemaker. And uh, I had yeah. some great stories about Let's talk about wine. Yeah, let's, let's stop talking yeah, about curling. Yeah, so, let's stop talking about wine. So, I, didn't, but, I didn't know any of this. Let's so tell, tell me some wine stories. Let's go. We're going over it. We're getting invited to go to Switzerland after the after we went to the worlds you got an automatic invite to go to switzerland and that was such a sweet deal back in those days you're going to get free transportation free lodging and go in your plane against the best teams in the world over in Europe. at the best place in the world yeah in grindelwald switzerland we just absolutely just love so every year we did this we actually went like 10 years in a row my team went over and wally's with us most of those times but so wally had homemade wine okay. and so we're going to some of the greatest connoisseurs of wine in the world, <laughs> Switzerland. But Wally's got some homemade dandelion wine, and I don't know what the other one bring, was. Bring us you, you brought your homemade you wine, brought and you're allowed to carry this stuff back in those days. In yeah, the plane. Not, you can do it. You can do so, whatever. So he's got he's got wanted. this bag with four big bottles. It might have been six, but there's four for sure. And we go to O'Hare Airport, and we got like three hours to kill before our flight. So we, <laughs> Wally goes and going. we we go to. The, well, we find a locker and we pay 50 cents and he puts the wine in the locker and we're off to this pub and we have a few cocktails before we're going to get on this long flight to Switzerland. And so now we look at our watch and it's about time to go to the gate. We start walking back and we get about 50 yards from the locker. <laughs> There's a bunch of people all congregated around it. What's going on? And we get a little bit closer. My God, they're right by our locker. <laughs> we can't figure out what's going on. We kind of start walking over that way, but real slowly. We stop about 10 yards short. 
and there's red wine just flowing out of the locker. <laughs> all this is all over. It's all over the floor. There's a couple of security people there. People looking, you know. What happened is, well, like the cork, what happened? You have to explain the process, well, but what happened? Uh, before this, I was, I was making uh, uh, backyard wine. I used ra raspberries and strawberries that I grew in my own yard. Okay. And before we went to Grindelwald this one time for a couple of years prior, Steve and the boys, well, you got to bring over some of your Wally World wine because I had a label made with Wally World on it. <laughs> and uh, so I, I says, okay, I'll bring some over. Well, uh, I decided to bring, because I knew they're uh, great people or they're wine people. So I had I'd, uh, made some, some grape wine. Okay. And it was uh, working and fermenting and everything for about a year. Uh -huh. But it wasn't quite long enough. So when I put the corks in, <laughs> when I when and we got up in the air, I had I had the wine sitting down beside me by my feet, and I'd hear a little pop. Oh no! <laughs> so I'd reach down, I'd find the pop, the, the the cork, and I push it back. <laughs> so, so I knew I knew I knew that it hadn't uh, hadn't uh, been aged long enough. And then we got to this locker deal that Steve was telling you about. One of the one of the wine bottles had overflowed, and yeah. uh, uh, we didn't have any mops or anything else. So we got the other one, other three bottles out of there. <laughs> we so went we, we you, went to the so airplane. you collected the wine. You you know, I I mean I would have just abandoned it at that point. I, 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 like, I have a different version of that story. I, I honestly don't think. I think we were so scared. I, I think all the corks pop, and I think we thought we're dedicating those to O'Hare. Let's get the hell out of here. I don't think we took any along. Well, I don't know which one was right. One but. of our one of our trips to wine made it to Switzerland, yeah. so that might. I know, I know it went at least once. Yeah. One yeah. of the one of the trips that made it, but you had to keep recorking it because it was. Uh, well, when, it was too, that, it like was too young. It was still feet. working. Yeah. Nice. Well, Got we, it. But after the spills. We got invited, you know, to a special dinner, okay. and we're with six of the most influential people in Switzerland and curling. You know, we got the president of the association and the president of the <clears throat> of the field and the sponsors, and you know, and they are they're they're ordering hundred and fifty dollar, two hundred dollar bottle of wines. But here's Wally's World's wine right here too. You know, <laughs> they're passing around. They're all taking a swig. You know, and we can't tell if they're the most gentleman people in the world. Or, yeah, <laughs> I think they're pretty gracious. <laughs> They're they're on their own yeah. podcast right now telling about the time the Americans came over. We had to drink this stuff they called wine. I'm not sure what it was, but it wasn't wine. Yeah. And I will good. tell one more quick wine story now. You have another wine story? Oh, yeah. Oh, let's go. I want to hear another so, wine story. So Hans Peter Glaner, he was the president of the Swiss Curling Association. Okay. He was the one responsible for getting us invited to these tournaments. And he owned the Hotel Caprice, and they have the most famous... <laughs> curlers bar in the world down in the basement of this <clears throat> uh chalet okay and we're down there now when you say it's a curlers bar what it that just it was decorated well oh, that's where a lot of the curlers hung out during okay. the, the bull trophy the international and it's all decorated and curling stuff down okay there and stuff okay like that. got it so other people could go down yeah. there but it was very curling -themed. but we we stayed there and that's and where so they kept the live bull oh yeah, yeah, yeah right in the basement the live bulls on there <laughs> Smelled great. <clears throat> so the one night, though, I think the competition might be over. Don't drink, don't drink the milk. And we're yeah. we're down there, and it's like 12, 31 o'clock in the morning, and we've been having 
pops with him all night. And it's just, okay. it's just Wally and myself and George. I think it's just the four of us. And he just kept pouring us wine and pouring us wine. And every time he'd pour a glass of wine, he'd give one to Wally. And he says, this is the kind of glass you got to use for this type of wine. Yeah, right. he, was, he was educating me on, yeah. on which glasses sure. to use with which wine. Sure. Okay. And Wally okay. is all into this, you know. And, yeah. And, and Hans Peter say, well, you can have that glass. And well, I th well, thank you. And he put it in his coat pocket. And then he'd get a different kind of wine. He said, mm -hmm. well, you got to have a different glass for that. Yeah. He'd give it, well, I put it in his other pocket. Okay. <laughs> and, All right. And I'm not kidding you. He ended up with about six or eight different wine glasses. Okay. And so he's got one in every pocket. <laughs> I mean, every single pocket. All and right. it's cold. I'm, in I'm with you. This, I'm is with in, you. Yeah. this is in January. And, you know, it's Fahrenheit is probably below, well below zero. Okay. And when you walk out, we so we lived in a motel right below, 50 yards down the hill from him. But when you walk out his door, there's a little four-foot drop-off. And so we're leaving, and we're just giggling and laughing. And you're drunk. Is, and we're drunk. <laughs> you're drunk. And that's a nice way to say yeah. it. That's, we I, think, I don't think you should, like, we're, beat around the bush that much. You guys were drunk, okay. and you walked out the front door. We're all adults here. We're all carlers. And he locks the door. I mean, we, we haven't. So we're, we're one foot outside the door, and he locks the door, and he turns around and goes back in. Wally takes one step. And he slips on the ice, and he falls over this little four-foot thing, and he lands flat on his back. And all you could hear was tingle, 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 tingle. tingle, tingle. And he's flat on his back, and he's looking up. Steve, I think I broke all the glasses. <laughs> and we're laughing at him. And, you know, Christ, he could have had his severed his neck. There's so much glass around. He's laying, he says, I don't know if I should move everything. There's glass everywhere I go. <laughs> and anyhow, we dug him out of that snowbank, got him up there, and not one glass survived. Oh, and I did. Hunts Peter. Hunts Peter learned about this only about five years ago when I told him the story. Oh, is that right? <laughs> That's so why got, there was so much glass. I'm wondering where all that glass came from when the snow melted. The snow yeah, melted. never got one home. Oh. oh man, do you still remember what kind of wine goes in what kind of glass? Oh heck no! <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> Whatever the bartender brings yeah. in. Wine goes in the glass. I don't care what shape yeah. it is. It's fine. Nice. Craig, do you want to tell the story about how you pushed Wally up the hill? I will, I will tell that story. So <laughs> in, in Grindelwald as well, They so there was, there was a few years where they had two tournaments in a row, two weekends in a row with big tournaments. And the week in between, a lot of the foreign teams would just hang out and sure. vacation. But sure. then on like Wednesday... Yeah. There was a spiel called the Glenn Farkless Spiel, which was a little one-day thing sponsored by a whiskey company called Glenn Farkless. Okay. And all these foreign you know, teams, they would stick around, and it was sort of like a charity spiel situation, where it was like a celebrity spiel, I should say. Sure. Not a charity thing, but like everybody would pay their entry, and then they'd get teamed up with a you know a foreign player who was there for these two big spiels sure and so it was a lot mostly locals and you know some higher ups or people who thought they were important uh and they'd pay this money and they'd play with a, with these people from you know the u.s or canada or okay. norway or something yep. like that Wherever. 
but it's sponsored by this scotch company and so you know the spiel starts at whatever nine in the morning and it starts with a toast of scotch and like if somebody makes a good shot everybody stops their game and has a toast of scotch and if some you know when the game's over everybody has a drink of scotch and then <laughs> there's another game and it, it all happens again and then there's lunch and lunch is like a three hour long <laughs> four course like drinking event got it with mm. food and a bowl of scotch and a, yeah i yeah. mean like that's basically <laughs> like you had to work hard to get a beverage that day that wasn't scotch got it because that's that just, wasn't glenn farkless that wasn't glenn farkless scotch got it and was it a good scotch like i don't so i mean it was i i think it was Okay, Stephen Wally say yes. Stephen Wally, I'm gonna go with Stephen yep. Wally on this. <laughs> and Craig still doesn't like scotch. So. I still don't like scotch. It wouldn't have mattered if it was the best scotch. I probably wouldn't have cared <laughs> wouldn't for have it cared that much. It anyway. But uh, the year that I think we're referencing, I don't think I was even playing. I think I was just there, like watching these guys play. Right. And uh, and skiing. And skiing. But the I I have played in this Glenn Farkless spiel once or twice as well. But basically, it's just you wake up and there's drinks, and then there's lunch with lots of drinks, and then you curl a cup a little bit more in the and afternoon, then, and there's and a there's lot more drinks. More drinks of scotch. And then there's some drinks in between the drinks and the next drinks. <laughs> and yeah, pre pre drinks and then post drinks. And, and then, then there's the drink. like this big banquet where it's like oh my fancy Lord. dinner and and drinks and drinks. Okay, got it. And. But I mean, by the time you are ready to go to dinner, mm -hmm. you are at least <laughs> tickled eight hours into your yeah. drinks. Got it. <laughs> okay. And Wally is, you know, one of the most congenial guys in the world. He's friends with everybody. Everybody wants to have an extra drink with Wally. <laughs> and he was, one day in particular, he was obliging all of these people. Everybody. Not known for turning it down. And yeah. so I am, I don't know, I'm... Well, you don't want to be rude 15, to the host. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm 15-ish, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. And I'm just, like, walking out of the hotel to go and, I don't know if I was going, just going for a walk down Main Street sure. or if I was going to get some food or something. You were doing something. And Wally and George meet me at the bottom of the hill. It's kind of a big hill back up to the hotel. Okay. And it's, you know, wintertime. There's snow. It's icy. It's slippery. And Wally is... Wally's drunk. <laughs> and, I mean, he's not just a little drunk. He's drunk, and he's just giggling. And I think that was a pretty good indication of your level of drunkenness was how much he giggled. Would, would you agree with that? And... George sees me and he says, Craig, God, thank God you're here. I need help. He's like, with what? Like, I can't get him up the hill by myself. <laughs> and you're just giggling. And so George and I, like one under each arm, and you're trying your hardest. But you, <laughs> we finally get you up the icy hill, get you to the hotel, and George says to you, I like will always remember this maneuver. He's George says to you, "All right, Wally, we're just gonna lay you down 
And you said, no, we got to go to the banquet. There's more, there's more dinner and drinks. And George says, you're just going to take like a 10-minute nap, and then I'm, when I get out of the shower, then you can go in the shower, and then we'll go to the banquet and have more drinks. And you say, okay. And you lay down, you got all your clothes on, and you just grab the blank, the comforter, and you just roll over. And you're just rolled up like a burrito <laughs> inside this comforter. And you say, oh, I'm nice and warm now. I'll see you in 10 minutes. Then we'll go have some more drinks. And George woke you up about 10 o'clock the next morning. He hadn't moved once. <laughs> Yeah, I remember some of that night. <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. <laughs> but hey, you didn't break a glass, though. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> break any glasses. Didn't have any glass. Oh, that's awesome. What, uh, yeah. I mean, you guys have to have stories upon stories upon stories <laughs> of, of your travels. Like, what, how, you guys are all from sort of from madison weren't you yeah was richard uh, yeah living richard, down here then he, and he was always living in green bay but he played out of madison got it and then so when you when you guys would spiel where whose whose car would you take uh who's i mean how would you get there what was what was it like spieling for you guys back in the day no we traded off driving all the time but okay. the big thing back in those days I don't think he ever got more than one motel room, Harley, did we? Well, no, we get, we <laughs> get a room with two bed, two, two, be, two big bed, two beds. I guess they had queens back then, yeah. and uh, four people in, the, in that one room because yeah. we didn't have any sponsors. <laughs> right, nobody yeah. had sponsors, yeah. and I can't imagine. So, yeah. We lived pretty bare bones. And, sure, uh, but we we had we had nice accommodations for a little while once. Okay, <laughs> so we were at Fort Francis to a cash field. Okay. And so we get up there and we play game and we get done late at night. I don't think we get off the ice until like 11 o'clock or something like that. And we don't have to play till like four the next afternoon. Sure. So we had a couple nice. of drinks, but not that much. You said a couple of drinks and we're taking this curling very seriously. We go back to the motel and right across the hall from our room, we noticed this door was ajar. And we opened the door and looked in there and it was a big beautiful boardroom i mean it had like a 20 foot long just beautiful thick table okay and super leather chairs and you yeah. know all kinds of stuff on them like bulletin boards to have meetings and stuff like that and we thought well this is a nice room and you know it was wide open so we went and got our six pack and we all went in there and we sat down and we put our feet up in the table and we're just enjoying it we're talking we do this until about 1.30 in the morning. <clears throat> we finally think, well, I think we probably ought to go to bed. But at the end of the boardroom, there's another door. Somebody says, well, what the heck's that door? We open the door and we look in there. She's a big suite. Just a beautiful room. <laughs> Two great big king beds and, you know, nice. back and over everything. And here we are sweeping four guys in a room. Two four guys, guys in a room, yeah. And so, you know, it's like 1.30, so nobody there, so... The room is vacant. Well, hell, why don't two of us sleep in this room? Heck yeah. <laughs> so one guy gets in one bed, I get in the other bed and fall asleep. And all of a sudden we hear a noise and a quick look at the alarm clock and it's like 2.30. And she's, I hear the door and I hear a key in the door and we got a chain locked. And they open the door and it goes open about four or five inches. And I see, see this lady looking through the door. 
Somebody's sleeping in my bed. <laughs> Holy cow. I jump out so fast and whoever's in the other bed jumps out. We run back through the boardroom trying to grab our clothes. We all shut the door. We, we don't know what ever happened, but somebody's sleeping in my bed. <laughs> That's awesome. So could, could you get out the board boardroom a different hallway? Yeah. Then what no, was... but it went, you know, it was like, equivalent of like two rooms down okay. so we kind of went right behind them you know and snuck in the room head <laughs> before they knew what was going on so we don't think they ever knew who it was but well, allegedly uh, allegedly yeah. they don't we, you don't know uh, <laughs> that's pretty good I like that did you guys ever you didn't really ever fly to a spiel unless you were going overseas though did you I don't think that's no, right. Yeah. Maybe once or twice toward the end of your career, you flew out west for. I was going to say to Canada there... for a spiel or something, but I don't remember ever doing that. <laughs> I don't either. Even when we went to nationals in uh, in um, uh, uh, Seattle, we'd we'd fly there, of course, but uh, yeah. that was just that's never for just for a bond spiel. No, we're always driving. Got of course, it. there was enough of them around the Midwest that we could get to. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of cash spiels back in those days. No. Very few. I mean, Bemidji was a tough one to get to. Bemidji was tough to get to. <laughs> yeah, sure. The, the The speed limit was fifty five miles an hour. Oh, <laughs> and most of, most of the roads were two two lanes. So. And it used to snow in the winter. It doesn't snow anymore. <laughs> it doesn't snow anymore. It used to more. snow. So and it used to be cold. And yeah, um, cash fields are limited. Kind of Sault Ste. Marie, Thunder Bay had two clubs. They had two cash fields. And Fort Francis had some. And, but I don't even think we got to Winnipeg for a cash deal, did we? No, nope, so. nope, we never went to a cash deal there. Nope. Nice. Um, I had a question I forgot. Somebody come up with something. Uh, you guys won bronze at uh, bronze at Worlds, Silver Worlds. Yeah, the in '86 and '91 we won the bronze. And '91. Yep. Uh, how was that? That was pretty, yeah, pretty we got special. To get, we, had, we had got uh, we got got to be on a podium. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty neat. We were happy. Did you? This is gonna be a this is gonna be a douchey question. Did you have to win the bronze, or was that back in the day that if you lost, like you you'd win the page mm -hmm. game to get into the the two three, uh, and then if you lost that game, then you won the bronze. In, right. eight, in '86, so they, we won. We won against uh, Switzerland. Do they have medal game? They didn't right. probably have Page then. Did no, they, there was, was no, there was no straight, Page. It was just okay. a straight semifinal. Straight semifinal. 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 Okay, got it. So one of the years you guys had to win the bronze. The other year, both right. teams who lost the semis got the bronze. Yeah, '91, we shared it with uh, Norway. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. He, he shared sure. a bronze. <laughs> both teams, both got, teams a bronze, got a bronze because they both lost yeah. semis. So. So they just didn't want to play the game, like no, they what? didn't. They didn't. They didn't have a schedule. They just didn't play a game. So you hmm. always had a gold medal winner, silver medal winner, and then the, the two teams that got beat in the semis got just bronze. both got bronze. Okay. Yeah. How how many years did they do that? Just a couple, just, I think. Yeah. They did yeah, it for yeah, a while because I. This is the first I, time hearing of it. So in '94, in '94 at Junior Worlds, it was the same way. We lost the semis and we got the bronze, and so did I don't know Switzerland. Both or teams. Some, both teams got. Yeah, the some other team got that it. lost. Whatever the other team was that lost the semis also got a bronze. Got it. At, at juniors in 94. I don't know what year they stopped that entirely. Because when, when 
Because didn't Burr won bronze? Is that right? He did. I think he might have. And, oh, and was that was when he, it was Paige. Yeah, that was when it was Paige, and, and he lost the he lost the semifinal and just got and the bronze. Got he the got bronze. into yeah. the That's, okay. He got into the one two 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 game. Okay. I think. Lost that. Lost, lost the one two and then lost the semi and then was the bronze sure, medal. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, like but in two in two thousand I played men's and we had to play for the bronze and we lost that game. So somewhere between ninety four and two thousand is when they switched it and you had to you start got the playing. Fourth, you got the fourth place medal just like Schuster got in the last Olympics. Right. Got and it. then there was, you know, another time where they just started giving it to the the page loser for a few years and then they reinstituted it into a game again got it got it but tell us another so, fun story that you guys can think of off the top of your top of your head well these the, <laughs> um, back in the 80s and even in 1991 when we were when we were uh competing um that was before the free guard zone mm -hmm. there yeah. was no, no there was no free guard zone here so so a lot of the a lot of the guards you see in front of the house now just weren't there right at that mm -hmm. time how so what i mean what were the scores in those games like two, 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 to, one, two, two to one two to one two to nothing four four to three yeah <laughs> you know would so anything like yeah did anybody ever get like six like was six like an anomaly not very many begins, right, Steve? No, very few begins. Very few begins. Well, not begins, like, but but scores, like, um, oh, six, to, six to six to four, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it would happen. Something. I mean, yeah. it just depends. I mean, if you're playing really good teams, like in the semifinal that we lost uh, in '91, I think it was to to Scotland. Uh, yeah, to uh, David David Smith. Dave, David Smith. Okay. So we got behind. They were ahead like two to one, I think it was, wasn't it? And they had the hammer. Yeah. Oh, two to two, one. Two and, to one, it's all over. And, yeah, they peeled. We <laughs> never had – they peeled every – they never missed a peel wow. the entire game. Was they that pretty had. much well, – I mean, was that the strategy back in the day was just mm -hmm. kind they, of put stuff in there and hope somebody missed? You could, was, you could, is you could, that how you scored, you could essentially? You yeah. could tell they had practiced yeah. peeling a mm -hmm. lot because every peel they threw had a lot of rotation – Sure. So they they had hit it, and even if they hit it almost dead center, you with still the rotation, have a lot of action on, on the would, shoot, it would, it shooter. Would go to the just... board, yeah. yeah. The shooter would go to the board. Okay. And at the higher level you play, like when you got to the worlds, the ice was so good it was predictable. Like mm. I think the reason we didn't see a lot of that in nationals and stuff leading up to that is we never had. I mean, it was truly reading the ice was an art back then. I mean, you had ice that would fall, and had pipe runs and everything else in it, and some of the nationals before it got big time were held in curling clubs okay so you were dealing with a lot of, i mean so reading the ice was a big factor in winning championships got it. when you got to the world you were playing on arenas and it's kind of like now i mean the ice was just you know everybody knows the ice and you just throw that thing 100 miles an it's, hour and you yeah. hit a quarter inch off center and go flying off the sheet but so do you guys do you guys watch the game now and think the ice is too good like it's almost <laughs> too easy it's too predictable or do you think that it's good and then the shot making is more well yeah the, uh, the, the the ice is the ice is is good and i don't think anybody would say it's too good because curlers like to play on on nice ice on good ice sure that's predictable and uh and, and that's where the skills uh come through and that and that's the interesting thing now that the the athletes 
in in elite curling are so good at throwing multiple shots, putting the right amount of spin on the rock and all everything else. And now that they compound that skill with the skill of sweeping and carving the the rock, uh -huh. it's just it's just amazing that they can do what they can do. That we would never be able to make some of the shots that they make now back then. Sure, sure. Uh, fitness is also, I mean, in all sports now is is a big deal. Would you guys say that you were physically fit back in the day, or like what? You're more 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 fit than your opponents. More fit than your opponents. What what made what made a good curler? Uh, back when you guys were were playing competitively. Well, I think our team took it more serious than practically anybody in the country. I mean, we were one of the first teams that really did the traveling to go to Thunder Bay and Sault Ste. Marie, and I mean, we get our butts whipped. Mm -hmm. But we go up there, and we learned every time we went up there. We learned, yeah. And a lot of teams could just think, "Oh my God," and you could destroy your confidence. But we go up there, even though we got our butts kicked. We come back, and we'd play in the club, and we realize, "Geez, we can beat this team a lot easier now than we did a year ago because our strategy was getting better." Sure. And we're you know used to playing under pressure, and we didn't do the fitness training quite like they did now. But at the same time, I think we all did some physical activities. I joined a fitness club. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had our share of beers and cocktails, like a couple of stories you hear, but we basically sure. took it really serious. I mean, we didn't do our drinking between draws or anything like that. You know, at the end of the spiel, yes, we'd have some drinks, and if we wanted, sure. we'd really celebrate, you, but we, we really took it serious. Would you, would you have, like, a cordial one? in in between games or would would you was it just no we're gonna have soda or we'll have water we'll sit with you guys and we'll chat with you a little yeah, bit Yeah, usually not till the day was over once, until once the day. Day, day was over we'd we'd, sure. we'd have a cordial mm -hmm. but up until then not so much and um and like steve said we 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 would do our own stuff at, at the gyms not all of us were in, uh, in the gym that much but we practiced mm -hmm. and that's that's one thing uh, uh kudos to steve is that he would get us together to practice. If you couldn't get together to practice as a team, then we'd be down on our lunch hour from work. We'd be th throwing uh, 32 stones at lunch hour, sure. practicing. And actually that was kind of frowned, frowned on by club members that uh, that's not really fair to us that you're down there practicing all the time because you're getting too much too too much better than we are. <laughs> so, so it was kind of frowned on, but we went and, and did practicing anyways. Uh, uh, with one, you'd be throwing a lot of draw shots. If there was two of you down there, you'd you'd mix in some some takeouts and sure. and that kind of thing. So got it. Yeah, Speaking of, I'm gonna interject here a little bit about fitness and being in shape. And yeah. Wally, in I believe it was the 1986 World Championships in Toronto, uh -huh. won. Would you get second place in the best butt contest? <laughs> there was like a there was like a poll in the daily like newspaper. If you're not watching this and, episode, you should probably turn it on. Uh, Wally's face is now about the same there color was, as a sweater. No, that, that didn't happen. That didn't happen at uh, at a at a worlds or even nationals. That happened in our own club. No, no, no. no. That was at the Worlds. And I remember George George was mad. George, is 
upset you yeah. George thought he had the best butt and you you were the highest on the team for That's sure right. then they heard about it back home and they did it again back and home we, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that caused team dissension because George was so so sure that he was going to win the best butt contest and <laughs> <laughs> when Wally won it he, he was really but no it was, it was funnier than heck so that's awesome it's like a fan poll or I don't even know who voted on it and but we didn't it was, even it was all the women it was basically women in the any woman who was yeah. there could just like fill out a little ballot and put it in the box <laughs> who won I forgot about that who won I, if Wally got as far as I'm concerned know. Wally won Wally won I don't know <laughs> Guy from Do- Germany won it. Doesn't anyway. doesn't matter Germany who won, won it. the yeah. best butt. Got it. But you talk about Pratt. I was just my curiosity when he was coming over here. And it wasn't ten minutes before, and I haven't looked at this folder for probably ten years, and it's in Craig's office at the shop, and I went and dug it, and I've got it's just my curling records, and I looked, and between seventy four and eighty four. I yeah. threw twenty three thousand curling stones. Practice 23,000 practice stones. Practice stones. Yeah. And I Holy curled, moly. and I wrote it down. I curled one thousand one hundred and forty-five games in that period from seventy-four to eighty-four. Holy smokes! I, mean, I threw a lot of stones before that, and I threw a lot of stones after that. But in wow. that, that's the period basically where we were playing competitive. And that's why your knees don't work anymore. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right, though. I mean, there was days when I went. I worked at American Family. And I would actually get up early and go down to the curling club and try and throw like 24 quick stones. And then I'd be at work at 8 o'clock at noon hour. I don't know how naive they were because I disappeared at noon hour every day for like 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> and over my 30-minute noon hour that took me about an hour and 10 minutes, I threw practice <laughs> stones. I'd come back to my desk. Yep. And I could actually feel my knees throbbing underneath my knee. Oh, man. And I would take a couple of Advil. Yeah. And at 4 o'clock when I was dismissed, if yeah. I didn't have a game that I was scheduled that night, I might yeah. go back to the you curling club and throw another 16. Jeez. And I just did that every day. And I was so hyped on curling at that time. At the end of the year when they'd shut off the ice. Yeah. So for about two or three days, if the weather was cold enough, you'd still have some ice. But sure. slowly gradually, I can remember actually going down there when there was a layer of water on the ice yeah. and just doing and, practice and just, slides just because I felt just, every day I threw a practice slide, I was that much closer and stronger for geez. the next year. <laughs> Man, you need some help. <laughs> you needed help. He needed help. Not any, need it anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. You needed help back in the day. Uh so you guys both eventually st- stepped back from curling, quit curling, whatever, and you both had kids that were pretty successful. Do you want to talk about your kids and their success? Well, we had you- a lot of time together. I mean, I think even after we done curling, because of Debbie and Erica played together for yeah. so many years, that I think, and I think I'm always going to say the same thing, but I, we probably got more satisfaction myself out of watching Craig and Erica at national championships and worlds that meant more to me than the things I accomplished any of your success yeah yeah Debbie Debbie and Erica and uh, um, their players went through four years of high school mm-hmm. as as juniors together and and they won the national championship all four years in a row got it for those uh, that don't know Wally's daughter is Debbie Know her now is Debbie McCormick. She was Debbie Henry back in the day. Back then, yeah. Back then. Uh, Two, 2003 world champion. Yep. 
Yep. Debbie won the 2003 World Championship. Uh, Erica ever go to Worlds? She went oh, to yeah. Worlds. Yeah. Okay. So I think she was on teams that had two, so two silvers at the Ladies Worlds, and I Maybe think she even won three. And then she had three silver medals at the Junior Worlds too. Women. Okay. So never yeah. made it at that final game. They also, they, Got it. But she had six silver medals. It's okay. No, no shame in that. Yeah, she she played a she played a lot of women's worlds though. Yeah. Um, I don't know, at least seven or eight. Erica did. Yeah. Yeah, I think she okay. played eight. I think she played eight women's worlds, and uh, she played seven junior worlds. I think. How many do you think Debbie went to? Uh, I don't know exactly. Um, probably at least that many. Maybe a few, probably at maybe least a few that more. Many, yeah. Um, but uh, Erica also went to uh, two um, uh, Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debbie went to four Olympics with uh, with her her team. So yeah, we're pretty proud of what the kids did. And Crager had a had a good good streak going there for a while too. No, it was mostly just good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Still are correct. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, bud. I was fishing for that one, and, <laughs> and you bit. My son, yep. my son Donnie's always been involved with with curling. Uh, didn't really get on a competitive team uh for very long and then when he was on a competitive team they didn't do very well but uh, he's always been very involved with curling and still is your grandkids are curling now too well don and i won uh club nationals in aught nine that's true you're not as handsome as craig sorry (laughs) whatever Uh. (laughs) i've got a story about that 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 nationals i think was in utica it was yeah and uh, uh i was coaching that team for the last couple or three or four games. Think, I, well, once we got in the sense, some, once you got in the play, playoffs, you came, came out. Yeah, yeah. Like, once you're in the playoffs, I, I, <clears throat> I came out to watch, and, and they talked me into into uh, coaching a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that year, they they won the, the the club championship. But I remember what the final game. Uh, Jeff Wright was playing. Yes, Jeff Wright. That's right. And and uh, Joel was playing second, and. Uh, Halftime came along, and I had noticed one of Joel's rocks was always light, mm-hmm. and it was always the same rock. So on mm-hmm. the five-minute break, I said, "Joel, you got a bad rock. You got a rock that's really, really slow. You know, you throw this rock. You got to put a little bit more more speed on it, and uh, and that helped the game too, I believe. Remember that? Uh, I do actually. It was a semifinal game. Semifinal. And uh, you came out at a. Timeout. Timeout Mike, was yeah. Mike, Mike called the time timeout. You you walked you walked walked to the house and told Mike play the draw and just like or told him something quick and just walked past him to me and he said you told me get rid of that sec- second rock You're terrible like so I gave it to Don, Don, it Don yeah gave it to Don to Donnie and and uh, yeah that was <clears throat> that helped out a lot. <laughs> Who else was on that team? Uh, for Boney skipped. Brian Coop was third. I played two, and then uh, Donnie played lead. And you guys won? We did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was just club nationals. Yeah. It's not like it was No, nationals. no, it's well, not the, just anything. Well, the funny thing was. It's just a yeah. miracle that yeah. that team won yeah. anything. No, I'm just kidding, Joel. Um, the they funny... won because they kicked me off. I was on that team the year before. And they brought in a ringer of a coach. Yeah. yeah. That too. Um, the funny thing was, like, when we got to the fi- finals, Jeff Wright picked those rocks to play play with uh, that had the dead n- number four four rock. So, so you knew. Uh, it. Yeah. So we knew, like, <laughs> something was going to happen. Yeah. Something's going to happen. So <laughs> then uh, I think it was 
think 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 that was Russ that played those. And uh, one of the Scott tours, he came up and a- after that, and I told him like, "Hey, you know, back in '09, your your second <laughs> rock was a big turd." <laughs> Russ Armstrong. Yeah. Nice. You guys are bringing Brown. With Russ next time. Yeah. <laughs> Russ, Russ Brown. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Russ Brown. Yeah, I think it was Brown. Was pretty good. Well, I probably uh, owe a lot of my curling career to my uh, the, the assistant basketball coach of the the junior varsity team in high school. Okay. I was probably the worst basketball player in the history of the electric. <laughs> I, all right. I never got in a game. And all You're my, not a very tall man. <laughs> and all basketball my, doesn't seem to be your sport. But and my best buddies, they would set up in the student section, and we'd be playing a game and. You know, this is just the, the freshman team and the junior varsity, and we'd be ahead about 60 to 20. There'd be about 20 seconds to go in the game, and my cronies would stand up. We want brownie. We want brownie. And, oh, my God, I'm embarrassed. I'm the only guy that hasn't been in the game. And the coach would look down. And you're way up. down. You you're up use by it. 40 You'd and have to still use his binoculars to see me at the end of the bench. Like, oh, my God, there's one kid I never put in. So he'd <clears> – <throat> call a timeout and he put me in for the last 20 seconds and sure enough they'd pass me the ball and I'd take two dribbles and he'd blow the whistle double dribble number 22 you know <laughs> these guys would stand up brownie brown <laughs> so but i go to practice every day in little school you played every sport you sure, know? So I sure went of course. basketball and i got to be a pretty good horse shooter because that's that's all i ever did well everybody else was scrimmaging i could shoot a horse you could shoot horse okay got it <laughs> but yeah. so but this one week, I was playing. Did you, okay, hold on. Did you shoot free throws underhand or overhand? No, I was overhand. Overhand, okay. okay. <laughs> that, uh, underhand wasn't uncommon back in the day, was it? Nah, not very many people did. Not very many Rick people. Rick Berry is okay. the only Rick... guy that made underhand okay. free throw right. spot. Right. Right. Okay, So Sorry. anyhow, I have one week where I was practicing pretty good. I think I actually might have made a basket during the scrim. I'm not Whoa. sure. Maybe I was just close. Quit you know, bragging. But... <laughs> <laughs> but so I had a pretty good week and it wasn't bad. And that night I'm at home though. And because I did virtually live three steps in the front door of the curling club in my backyard, I would get called a sub almost every night because sure. somebody would show up. So one night there's two teams of teachers that are playing against each other. One of the teams is four coaches and it was assistant basketball coach, I think the head basketball coach, and then my probably the football coach or somebody else. Sure. And then they're playing against four of just regular teachers. And one of them happened to be the ag teacher. And he was probably the most senior person in the school. He'd been teaching ag for 40 years. He was the beloved of the, the whole community. I mean, he was the most popular guy in Gilzo. Okay. And one of his guys couldn't show up. Like, it's two minutes to eight. And he says, we need a sub really quick. And... I tell you, it was two minutes to eight, and by eight o'clock, I'm in the hack throwing the first stone. <laughs> That's how long it took me to get to the club. We play a whole game. How did they get? Did, did they call your house? Yeah, or, they just oh, call the just house. Call the house. And, yeah, and, and then, we stop. They, they could have just had, walked next door yeah, and knocked on the yeah, door. Yeah, they the door. Also, they did have phones then, Mike, too. So. <laughs> I, I didn't. I hey, I don't know. So anyhow, I play the game. Game gets over and. Uh, Good old egg teacher, he makes a couple nice shots, and we whip the teachers and the coach. You know, but then I go home, and the next day I'm in study hall. It's at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm in study hall. You know, the loudspeaker, back of those, a big intercom system, and it comes on. Steve Brown, will you please report to Coach Rarep's office? Hmm, 
never been called on. Just coaches yeah. in the office. All right. I think, you know, played last night. I played good. Maybe thinks, you know, my talent could rub off into the basketball. I, mean, I had a good week of practice. I bet maybe he's going to tell me I got some playing time. <laughs> so I go down to his office, and he says, close the door, Steve. And he says, sit down. I sit down, and he's at this desk that's about a foot higher than where my chair is, and he's looking down at me. And he says, Steve, where were you last night? I'm kind of like, what do you mean, where was I? He says, I curled. I, I says, in fact, we played against you. He says, I know you played against us. And he says, well, what time did you get home last night, Steve? I says, well, I says, we played at 8 o'clock. I suppose I got home about 10 o'clock. And he says, this is Friday, isn't it, game day? And he says, what was last night? <laughs> well, uh, duh, it was Thursday. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> and uh, he says, well, what's, what's our curfew on Thursdays, the night before a game? I says, it's 930 and he looks at me and he says, so you were out after curfew last night, weren't you? <laughs> I says, well, not really. And he says, well, you were if you didn't get home till 10 o'clock. I says, I know, but I live next door and I subbed with J.O. Beetle and I played against you with eight teachers, or the seven teachers and me on the ice. He says, don't make any difference. You were out after curfew. You're kicked off the basketball team. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Not just not played the next day, but like permanently kicked, kicked off. Kicked off. Well, inside, I'm happy. <laughs> I don't have to play basketball again. I don't have to listen to my buddies in the stands calling me for going to game Brown, when we're ahead by Brown, 30 points. And get... So anyhow, I go home that night, and it's that time I should be going to the gym, get ready, you know, to get my uniform on. And my dad says, you got to get going. You got to be up to the gym in about 10 minutes. I says, I'm not going to the game. We got to go to the game. I says, Dad, I got kicked off. And my dad, like, holy Christ, what are you talking about? You got kicked <laughs> off. And I told him the story. And, oh, my God, my dad is mad. <laughs> and so I don't know anything else. And the weekend goes by. You didn't You didn't go to the game? I I went to the game and sat in the stands. You sat in the stands. stands. Okay, but you did not no, go and dress. No, no, and, yeah, no. nothing. Okay. But my dad, so unbeknown, my dad, he calls us J.O. Beal, the ag teacher. And he explains this to him. And I still don't know this conversation has been going on. And following Monday, one o'clock, I'm in homeroom again, you know, yeah, study yeah, hall. Okay. Steve Brown, report to the superintendent's office. Whoa. <laughs> oh, <my Christ>. Look <laughs> out. Get thrown out of school. I, I bet they're putting oh a God. noose in the gym and they're going to hang me. <laughs> the superintendent. Yeah, Got to go to the superintendent's office. So I go to the superintendent and I walk through the door and there's a superintendent. The principal, my dad, and the ag teacher. Okay. And they had just had a conversation, and the ag teacher had went into the superintendent, the principal, and he basically sat him down in a chair. He basically made those guys, you guys, son of a bitches, you sit down. Oh. <laughs> he says, I've been in this school system for 40 years, and what happened to kick this kid off the basketball team is the most asinine thing I've ever seen in the school district. And if he's not back on the team, I'm walking out the front door, and you will never see me in this high school again. So they says, okay, you're back on. So they tell me, Steve, we got good news, you're back on. I think I started crying. Oh, God, no. Please, don't put me back on. <laughs> so now I'm back at the damn team. I got to go home. I finally worked out with my dad, and I went in the next day, and I resigned from the basketball team. <laughs> but from that day on, we, they started a curling program. 
So I started curling. There you go. And that's how I got into curling there so much. There you go. So. That's that. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to the basketball coach. Thanks to the basketball coach. You. What a dick. <laughs> did you get to like at least beat him the next several years, like in school? Like, did you get to play against him a bunch and beat him every I time? Know. I or? just hated the guy so bad. It just. I, I, don't know. I know those guys. That you Man, just hate. Starting at starting at point guard, <laughs> number twenty-two. <laughs> Number one in your hearts. Number one in your hearts. <laughs> Number 22 in the program. Nice. Well, well, did you play any other sports growing up? Uh, yeah, football and uh, baseball in the, in the summertime. Okay. Uh, not very good at either one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when I was, I think I was still like ninth grade or maybe eighth grade. Uh, we played on a, we played on a, a community team. It wasn't really a high school team or a school team. It was it was just a, a team that we we would play against other communities. And uh, I'll tell you how good I was at baseball. When I got up to play up to the plate with my bat, I get three balls, ball one, ball two, ball three. I had three balls on me, and. The other players say, okay, take this one, Wally. Take this one. So wherever it was, I was going to swing at it. <laughs> so, so that's how good baseball player I was. What, uh, what position were you in football? Uh, I was uh, – actually, I played center most of the time. Okay. And uh, then I played tackle too. Center and tackle. All right. Defensive tackle. I or was, did you play both sides or just offensive We tackle? played both sides. Yeah. I, I forget what I was on defense. I, I was probably, probably, I was probably on the line, yeah. Sure. Okay. Nice. And you played that just through high school? High school, yeah. Right on. I think only for a couple of years. But uh, mostly, mostly it was... Hold on. You went to high school in Canada? Yeah. Uh, I, Canadian I, rules or? Yeah, it was Canadian rules for sure. All right. Yeah. Okay. The weird end zones and the, all of it. Three yeah, downs. Three, lot three of, downs. A lot of passes. Yeah. Man. And your team was probably named the Rough Riders. <laughs> there was a few teams named the Rough Riders. No, we we got named by the, the high school. The high school. Team. What was your high school mascot? I don't think we had a mascot. You didn't have a mascot? I don't think we had any cheerleaders either. <laughs> yes. What was the team name? Uh, McGregor. Oh, you're just McGregor. You yeah. didn't work the McGregor. McGregor. The fighting no, McGregors. McGregor Falcons. Like not that I can remember. Or, no, the, no. or the Wheat Shockers or something. Mm-hmm. And we, farming we, community? Yeah, farming yeah. community. Yeah. We, we played, we played uh, league curling with a bunch of the other communities around the area, too, in the wintertime. On their one-sheet clubs. <laughs> on, yeah, on, <laughs> a lot of them were. Um, that's awesome. So that's that's where we spent that at that time uh, in high school. I had I was able to drive, so so I could take the the whole team to a Bonspiel or to a to a league game. Sure, twenty miles away. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Man, what a time to be alive. What was what's the GET mascot? Uh, we were the Redmen. The we Redmen. We were mm. one of the teams that had to change the name. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Yeah, back in 1990. What is it now? So, yeah, do we know? Uh, uh, Red Hawks. Red Hawks. The Red Hawks. Hawks. Red, 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 was it still Gail Ettrick Trempolo? When it, was, you were? it was Gail Ettrick when I was there. Just Gail Ettrick. And, and then after that, Trempolo joined about three or four years later. Okay. So. All right. We had a really good football team, though. We uh, This was before they had the different classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they had two divisions. They had uh, the Big 16 and the Little 16. Yeah. And we were ranked number one in the Little 16 in the state of Wisconsin. 
Whoa. And it wasn't fo- because of me. Play, did I, you play football? I was oh, a running yeah. back. Was, You're a running back? I was a All right. back. Okay. But uh, so we had probably one of the rest, best running backs in the state. And they'd give him the ball. Not you. Yeah, no. He'd, it, he'd, yours, he'd yours. run. He'd break it for 30 yards. Yeah. They'd call us play again, and he'd get 25. Then he'd go another 30, and then he'd be out of win. So then he'd call me for one play. I'd get four yards. <laughs> <laughs> four yards are pretty good. I mean, <laughs> Then they'd go back to him until he got yeah. tired again. Got so thank it. God he ran so far that every once in a while he got tired. Every once in a while he got tired, and then you'd get to go on. Got we were ranked number one, and we, uh, we tied a game. I didn't start until my junior, senior year. But my freshman year, we tied a game. Mm-hmm. and we never lost a game. So we had one tie in the four mm. years of high school, and all the rest were victories. And so, Wow. That's pretty good. Hard not to be number one if you never <sighs> lost a game. That's right. Mm-hmm. Do we – I know the normal routine of questions mm-hmm. maybe isn't going to apply tonight, but do we have uh, some we, of those well, questions? So we didn't, or, yeah, we'll ask we didn't give them the questions ahead of time. We didn't well, give them questions well, we, ahead of time, do, but the ones yeah, – Some of them. The ones that we have, we'll we'll do the good ones. Um, the one of the best ones that we have, I think Garrett came up with this one way back mm-hmm. in the day. So not including money or championships. What is the best thing that you have, or the strangest thing that you have ever wanted a bond spiel? Hmm. Now both, I know the story. Both of you could tell that you won a bull. <laughs> that Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. Now, one or both of you can tell that story, but you should also think of something other than a live cow uh, that that you've won. If you ever go to Steve's Curling in Madison, Wisconsin, go in the showroom, look up at the wall. There's a picture of the two of them, and and the bull. And, and, the bull. and Richard and George, George, George with yeah. the bull. So it's a great. It's a great picture. Steve, uh, see you want to bring him home. Do you want to bring him yeah, home? Yeah, Stevie fell in love with that little bull. He says, can, "Do you think they sell a seat for that guy?" So, what what happened to the bull? What the farmer? It's a neutral agreement with a okay. with a club and with association. So there is a couple of Swiss teams that have actually kept it that were farmers. Okay, but it's a written agreement that you know they present it. So they actually bring it out on the ice. They roll out this long red carpet. Mm-hmm. They march this thing right out on the ice. <laughs> and it is cuter than hell. And you get the pose for all these pictures and everybody go crazy. I mean, it was, it was by far and away. There's nothing even close to that. Is it a young bull? Or like the yeah, it's a young set? one. Okay. No, it's a young one. How many people do you think were in the, it was in an arena, wasn't yeah. it? So how many people do you think were in the arena that day? 12,000. <laughs> well, 12 baby no, 12, 12. Okay. no there were there were some some yeah. people watching all the locals all right so other than the bull uh what, what do you think well i can start well start you don't take off. the bull but then you you take the cash like it's a yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, take yeah. The bull or, or the cash sure. yeah. okay yeah. all right but yeah. there were some teams that would keep it because then they, they, they were it, farmers they'd the take it home and grow it until it was full size and then butcher it butcher it for their restaurants or nice. sell it at auction or sure. whatever cool when yeah. i was uh, when i was new to curling um and living in this uh farming community at the rosendale bonspiel uh my family decided to take a family team okay and that that consists of the skip my father mm-hmm. the third my mother mm-hmm. i was older than my brother uh so i played second and he played lead 
Okay. We went through and we won that thing. And uh, back then there was no cash bond spiels or anything. They're just they're just local local fun yeah. things. Yeah. Um, we won four toasters. Four to <laughs> four toasters. Four toasters. <laughs> All right. All right. For, uh, one, for one for one house. Nice. Is your brother still curl? Uh, still? No, no. He no. Uh, he curled a little bit through high school, but uh, um, when he got out of college, he he didn't curl anymore. Got it. Okay. So he still live in Canada. He still lives in Canada, London, Ontario. All yeah. right. There you go. Boom. So I got a little out. shout out to Wally's brother. <laughs> little Craig story here. When we played the first family bonds field we played in, the old Madison Curling Club. And how old are you? Maybe seven or eight. Are you that young? Yeah. Okay. So we're playing and we're in the first event finals and we're like three ahead coming home. And we hit and roll out. And we hit and roll out because we don't, we're just trying to eliminate the yep. stones. Yeah. But he don't know how to read the old complicated scoreboards. He has mm. no idea. Mm -hmm. And he thinks we're behind. <laughs> I don't know that we're behind if we're behind, but I just don't. I know that the last shot of the end, we didn't score. Yeah, it hits and rolls out, and I think they already hit, like we're three ahead, and they got a counter, but we hit and roll out. Yeah, and so we win, and we won the first event, you know, and you know, happy and excited. They got the two kids, and the first time they win a little bond spiel, and they're gonna get a little pin. Uh -huh. And he's just kind of moping around, <laughs> and we can't figure out what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And I think Diane come up to you and says, what's the matter, Craig? He says, well, <laughs> why can't we stay in the house? We couldn't, you know, we lost. She says, what do you mean you lost? And he says, well, we never got a point. They got the point in the last end. She tried to explain to him that. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah you were winning by more than, three, know. The more than one point. You didn't yeah. know. <laughs> I had no idea. We won, a, we won a trophy. I still have that trophy. Yeah. It's in the shop. <laughs> wow. Right next to right the, the bull. Wow. Right, next right, to, right next to the bull. Well, it's near the bull picture, but it's, <laughs> it is displayed right next to my national championship bowls <laughs> in the Dang. same in the same uh, same display case. All right. But yeah, I was convinced that we lost the game because I didn't know how to read the scoreboard. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I won, think... a little, won a little trophy and, and it lives today. Yep. That's still, awesome. Still that was the best. That was the best thing you won. That's great. Oh, what's the best thing you won that yeah, wasn't a bowl? What's the best thing that you won that what's wasn't? The best or yeah. weirdest or prize weirdest. that you ever you won that wasn't, won some weird wasn't a cash or okay. a championship? I won a suitcase at Sault Ste. Marie. Well, there you go. A set there of suitcases. It was a, you got a big one and a little one fit in that and then a smaller one who fit did, in that. Who do we just <laughs> have on that won a suitcase, but it was a used suitcase? Oh, used one. Smitty. Smitty. Yeah, Smitty won. Smitty won a used suitcase. It had like toothpaste and it had like toiletries in it still had a used toilet your bag in it. Yeah. That was a two episodes ago. You can go find it. It's uh, called uh, used, slightly used toothbrushes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Nice. Okay, this is a fun one. Okay. Uh, you're going to a bond spiel. Uh, you can go wherever you want, and you can take whoever you want. Uh, you can take, you can take a five-person team if you so desire. Where are you going, and who are you taking with you? Doesn't have to be a curler. Doesn't, it doesn't have to be a curler. It can be celebrities. It can be living dead. Living matter. dead. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It you, can also be in a different era if yeah, you want. Like sure. You, it doesn't sure, have to whatever. be in 2023 or 24. <laughs> you, you it can, can be what, you, you the can, 1980 version. You of You can do such whatever you want. You can be like, I want to go to the Briar, but I want to take 1986 Wally. And I wanted to, <laughs> yeah, 
So Oof. where where are you going, and who are you taking? I've did enough curling, so I'm taking Taylor Swift, Julia Roberts, <laughs> and Sharon Bua. <laughs> and Sharon who? Uh, what's her last name? Sharon. Sharon Stone? No, no, no. Uh, Sharon. She played in. Uh, oh. She was curler? Yeah, no, no, no. These no. Are, none of them are curlers. None of them are curlers. You think curlers. Taylor curled? No. <laughs> You're the third person to take Taylor Swift? <laughs> no, I'd Somebody probably... Somebody else has taken Taylor Swift, too, if I could, if on I our could show. If I could put up a team, I would probably... I would like to... Igle Ramsell was kind of a okay. idol. All right. I really enjoyed him. All right. Uh, so that would definitely be one of them. Okay. I probably got to take my... Uh, Erica's husband, Ian, Ian? played. In, okay. Guy won three world championships for crying out loud. Okay. Playing yep. with so three different skills. Yep. And okay. uh, he beats me in cards all the time, but I still got to play with him. You know, I gotta right. pretend right. I, I throw those games of cards just to sure. keep him and Erica. Sure. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Family unity uh, that's taken one for the team. And because Wally's here, I'm going to stick with Wally. All I'm right, taking one all because right. he's going to bring wine. I know that. Hey, there so. you go. <laughs> and George would have to come along as. So uh, five person Yeah, team. I'd have to take Wally, George. George, yeah, Io Ransfell, and Ian <laughs> Brown Tetley. Ian Tetley, yeah. But you got to figure out what glass goes yep. with and where, what wine. Yeah. And where, <laughs> wine, uh, world wine. Where, do you, where would you want to go? Where would you want to go, Kurt? Where do we want to go? Centerville. Centerville. Centerville? The Centerville yes. men's. You could get that team uh, together. Cent Centerville <laughs> Club now or the, the old Quantum oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, Wally. Wow, well, about you? Where are you going? Who are you who are you taking? Well, there's there's so many places I wouldn't mind going to Montsville again. Like Grindel, Grindelwald would be one of them. Um, even uh, Bern. Um, uh, there's a lot of lot of uh, European places I'd like sure. to go again. But getting more more local, I think I always enjoyed. One bond spiel I always enjoyed was at St. Paul. The St. Paul cash spiel. Okay. Yeah. Back then it was held on Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. So we'd have Thanksgiving on Thursday, and then Friday we're off to play curling in in uh, in St. Paul. And, okay. Um, snowed every year. It snowed oh, yeah. every year. <laughs> Always snowed. Yeah, on the way up, it's gonna you're gonna get a snowstorm. If if not, it'll snow while you're there. We got snowed into the club a, a few times. We did. And had to shovel and push our ways out. Uh, but yeah, the, a, f a few plays that people that I, I always enjoyed playing with. Uh, one was Jim Gemmel. He wasn't in the club for very long, and uh, he was originally from North Dakota. Mm -hmm. But he was a he was he was a great guy and a real good curler too. Um, no relationship, uh, Dean, is he? No, no, no okay, no. Uh, and uh, Jim Gemmel. Um, I don't know. If, uh, uh, so let's see, who would he who would he put on the team? I know I'd take Steve, of course, because because uh, he took you and you're doing the right <laughs> thing. Okay, got it. All right, lame. Yeah. yeah. Steve, uh, Steve, Steve, for a while um, had a reputation of being fearless on the ice. Okay, love. And the, the reason for that is that uh, we'd get behind every once in a while, and and we'd really be playing for for points. And and if we were um, had to steal. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He didn't. You you wouldn't be throwing any takeouts. You'd be, mm -hmm. you'd be using guards and, and stuff for stealing. And and uh, we won a lot of lot of uh, uh, curling games uh, because of that. Um, another. Uh, I've got many players that I'd, I'd like to take for for fourth. Um, I don't know. I'd like to take my daughter on that team. She's pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could have uh, my son as a fifth. 
Sure. He'd probably, he'd probably jump in as a coach, too. Sure, whatever. You want one more just, <laughs> just because you have a lot of people? <laughs> no, that's too many people no, that's already. Pretty good. All right, all right. Uh, one more room in the car. Somebody, there, who's going to bring the wine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there anywhere you guys would have liked to have curled that you didn't curl? I mean, I, you know, like, I'm not sure. Was there any curling in Japan when you guys curled? Not, not really. I don't think that they. I don't think they were that involved with curling back then. Okay. I got okay. over to Japan a few times, but once it was with Craig's team. Sure. And did uh, you have a curl there, or did you just go to coach I or just or, coach, just coach. or I did not curl spectate? No. Got it. Girl, or yeah, your your kid got to play in the Red Square. I mean that that, that would have been that would have been pretty. <laughs> that was something. Pretty I think cool of any place our family curled, that's probably the most unique. And yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just hard to comprehend that anybody ever curled in Red Square, and right. especially the state of the world now. It's yeah. <laughs> and they took care of you over there. They, yeah. They're mm-hmm. very, very gracious. Uh, I was over in there. Russia? No, I'm talking, you're still talking about Japan. Oh, Japan. sure, sure. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, um, I was over there coaching with, with Debbie at, uh, at one tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they just, the, the committee, the townspeople they just took care of you and, and made sure you you got where you wanted to go and, and got what you wanted to, yeah. to pick up and and uh, it was really nice yeah um all right we're going a little long here so okay, like one, right. one one last question you guys have both coached um what's uh some piece of advice you give to uh uh curlers coming up in the day in the game now you gotta have it's just to me it's all about passion if you don't you got to have a tremendous passion and want to do it you absolutely have to love what you're doing if you if somebody's got you out there if it's your parent or somebody and yeah you might be pretty good but if you don't have a burning passion and a focus to go with it you're never going to be a a true world champion you might win some games you might win some spiels but <clears throat> but passion has to come from within and uh, you know in my coaching i've tried to help build that foster it mm-hmm. but it's a hard thing i mean it's you... it really has to come from within and i that's one of the things i love playing with wally and i love playing like with george and mm-hmm. and paul and richard everybody i think we all had we love the game i mean we live to play the next game and yeah. I think that's why we said, I think there was a lot of curlers. I know there was a lot of skips that were better than I were. Sure. But I don't think any of them dedicated to the game as much as I did. And I think that's why we won a lot of games. Sure. Sure. Yeah, dedication is is, is one of the top things that, that a new, new curler coming up has to have. They have to be dedicated enough and love the game enough that they can get out there and practice. And practice is, is, uh, is going to be paramount for them to do well as also. And also uh, paying attention to the coach. Now, now curling is in a in a, a period where coaches are everywhere, and good coaches. And uh, and if you listen to the coach, and do what he says, and and pay attention to what you're doing, and learn from your mistakes, uh, they should do well. Sure, awesome. Well, dudes uh thank you we probably could go for another hour and a half but we're already at least way long uh maybe we'll have you again but thank you very much 
Uh, and Wally's got to wear that sweater, yeah. sweater again. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. In case you're not watching, in case you're just listening, Wally, <coughs> Wally walk, st- walked in with the 1991 World Championship jacket and took it off to unveil the 1986 <laughs> National Championship stand, sweater. Stand up, stand up and like give, <laughs> give people yeah. give yeah. the stand up awesome. so everybody get just get a look oh, at that still sweater. Fits and Man, it looks fantastic. good. You got the patches. It's still in great yeah. shape. That is such a great it. sweater. <laughs> It did shrink while it was in in uh, storage. storage? Yeah. Oh, of course it did. <laughs> of course it did. That that happens. Yeah, that's that's the strangest thing. Mine all did that. All of my clothes did that in COVID. It's weird. I don't know how that happened. All right. Enjoy uh, doing this. Well, thank you. Um, it's our you, pleasure. You probably don't have any sponsors that you want to mention, uh, <laughs> so we don't we don't have to do that part of the show. Well, I would like to. Craig, Steve's Curling Supplies. Steve's Thank you very much, Steve's Craig. Curling Supplies. Yeah, that's that's your sponsor. They keep you uh, out of trouble. Keeps uh, them on the golf course yeah, all keep summer. Keep you on the golf course all summer and out of trouble in the winter. So congratulations. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, that was fun. It. Yeah. Yeah, great time. Thanks, Good guys. Good curling. All right, that's it. Clap. Everybody clap. Clap your hands. Clap. 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 Clap your hands. <laughs> No. Everybody okay. clapped you. We, we oh we should, maybe if I sing that too good, we're we gonna get copyright infringement or something. <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, uh, season four, episode seven, I think, in the book. Six. Six. Who knows? I never learned how to count or read. So, fun fact. Anyway, uh, that's it. Big thanks to our sponsors as always. Modus Financial, ModusCC.com. Check them out. EndgameCurling.com. Check them out. If you need a new broom, if Santa didn't bring you one and put it under the tree, uh, get yourself a new broom and uh, do that. Uh, we had end cards floating around here somewhere that I normally flash at the camera. Somebody asked They're... me for those the other day at the oh, shop. Oh, maybe yeah. you should have some at the shop. Maybe I should, but yeah, I told yeah. him to talk to Joel. All right. Get some at the shop. Uh, like he was ready to buy. Sweet. Hmm. Uh, curling ends. We did a tutorial at some point i think if you don't know uh email the show and ask for the rules we'll send them to you uh otherwise email the show curling nation at curlingnetwork.com and uh let us know who you want us to get on the show or what you think about the show or i don't know personal questions for us color car do you drive i don't know who knows fun blue. stuff like that blue i would drive black you taupe taupe no, it's silver. You're ridiculous. <laughs> what is it? What even is taupe? I guarantee. I, I guarantee you could look at a list at at a I, wall of colors, and you could. I could look point, at a swatch, and I could not point pick out to taupe. taupe. Yeah, you're an idiot. I would say it's somewhere <laughs> off beige. I I don't think you're too far off. Really, I thought it was more of like a pinkish magenta ish. I have no idea. I think. Nobody's right. Anyway, that's it. Uh, Mike, Craig, Curling Nation, we're out. Good curling, everybody.